praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. There are things as we travel this earth, shifting sands that transcend all. The reason of man, but the things that matter most in this world they can never be held in our hands, and I believe. In a hill called Mount Calvary, I believe whatever the cost, and when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to that order. The Christ who was slain on that cross has the power to change lives today. The cross I will say, and I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the cost, and when time has surrendered. There's no more eyes to cling to that old road it was. I believe that this life with its grave mysteries surely someday will come to an end. Faithful, it will conquer the darkness and death, and will lead me at last to my friend. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever. No more I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. And I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever. Time has surrendered, and earth is no more. I'll 
still cling to that old rugged cross. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Letters of crimson God wrote his love on a hillside so long long ago for you and for me Jesus died and loves greatest story was told I love you I love you that's what Calvary said I love you I Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, find your place in that fifth, um, that eighth verse, sometimes I have to double check myself, I look at things backwards and it's crazy how it works that way, Ephesians 5 and 18, last night I was getting on Dave about turning on the amps wide open, and he's like, uh, brother, you're the one who had the amps turned up, and so I, instead of going to the left, I went to the right, so it looked right to me, though, Ephesians 5 and 8 through 14, if you get your place, please stand for the reading of God's holy word, if you got your place, say amen. The apostle says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now before we go any farther, let me remind you in Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, without faith, 
It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but in everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Verse 14, for it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let us pray. Oh God, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the living God. And Father, we come before your presence with singing, rejoicing in our heart, but we also come this morning expecting a word from heaven. And with that said, oh God, we ask that you would today, Lord, speak through your servant. Let the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. You are my strength, you are my redeemer. Hide your servant by the, behind the cross that he may glorify you in each and everything I say and do today. Father, I just pray in the name of Christ that you would touch each and every one of us today in a special way. I pray that these words would not fall on rocky ground, but on soil, Lord, that would produce a crop of a hundredfold. Father, your word says, let us not be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So, Lord, we're going to step out of this room today by faith, and we're going to do what we hear today in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen, and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Almighty. So I want to begin this morning with a couple questions. But before we ask the questions, I want you to first consider the process of God giving us light. Consider the process in your mind. It all began in Genesis 1 and 3. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. But I also want you to consider a verse that we all know very well, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now to tie these two together, I want you to consider what David said in Psalms 104 and verse 2. The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, he wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. And so, in our world today, we see the physical and the spiritual presence of God basically everywhere we go. We look out these doors today, we see the physical presence of God's light. The same light he spoke to in the very beginning has never quit. In other words, the word that God spoke had a purpose, it had a plan. When he said, let there be light, and there was light, and it's that light today that sustains you and I on this earth. Are you with me this morning? And we also see God's light manifested in the spiritual realm each week. Many of you people see Christian people living out the life of God through his word. We see spiritual people praying. We hear them. We see them. And so God's word is still active in our world today. And so we're called to, to reflect the glory of the sun upon this earth. That's our job. Jesus said we are the light of the world. Just like the moon, it reflects the light from the S-U-N. You and I, we reflect the light from the S-U-N. Are you with me this morning? The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sins. 
And so the Father, God the Father, has graciously sent His light into this world for a very specific reason. And the reason, my friend, is the title of today's lesson, which is, For it is the light that makes everything visible. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, Jesus did say, You are the light of the world. That's Matthew 5 and 14. But he also goes on to say that a a, a town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. I got a little picture I want to show you this morning, if, if, if we have it loaded. There it is. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, this is not an impossible revelation for us to grasp because we know as human beings, when, the, when it begins to get dark, the first thing we, we do, we begin to turn on the lights in our house. And then by doing so, we, we keep ourselves from harming ourselves by running into things. You know, in the mornings when you wake up too early and you try to make your way to the restroom, a lot of times you may forget that your wife has changed the furniture all in the house. You're tripping and falling, thinking, I, I was sure that chair was over there, but sometime during the night it moved, I guess. I don't know. But common sense tells us that that we're called to to turn on the light. And what's what's interesting is that the least bit of light can overpower the most force of darkness. There's not a force of darkness that can overpower the least amount of light. Now, Now, we know that the sun... It's a great force in the universe. When you look at it, it's, it's, it's very big, it's very bright, but compared to everything in the universe, it's very small. But it only takes that one light that God spoke into existence to, to take care of our business. Today, it, it, it's, Brian, would you turn off all the lights right quick? Just flip them down. If we turn all the lights off, it's dark in this room, but it only takes one little light to overpower it. Can y'all see that? Turn them back on before I get scared. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. But it only takes one little light to, to overpower the darkness. You may think to yourself that I'm not much in this earth today, but to God you are a great light because you are reflecting his beauty today. Are you with me this morning? Sometimes when you're called to stand and preach before God's people, the first thing you you do, you begin to measure yourself. I'm not capable. I don't have enough wisdom or knowledge. But it doesn't take all that to share the word of God. God has called us to be the light of the world. We're called simply to reflect him and his light today. Are you with me this morning? So we read in our text that there's a purpose. The Bible says you were once darkness, but now you're a light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. Once again, I want to recall the the story of John the Baptist, my hero of the Bible. John was like me, you know, he's. He didn't, dress, he didn't care about the way he dressed. I'm not like most preachers. I don't have my Armani suit on this morning. Most times I don't tie my boots and I really don't care because I'm not here to impress you with my clothing because I'm simply just a light, just a little light. But God is using this light to touch your life today. Come on, amen. But John was an interesting character, but he was, a, he was not the light and he was simply would tell you that I'm not the light. But his job was to point you and I to the light. So many people are trying to take all the glory from God and you can't take God's glory. His glory cannot be shared with another. He's a jealous God. Are you with me this morning? But John had the right heart. He had the right purpose. We read in John 1, 6-9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe he himself was not the light He came only as a witness to the light. 
And the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And John is basically on the scene saying, you know, you, you, you think that I'm all that in a bag of chips, but there's one who's coming after me. One whose sandals I'm not even fit to untie. Come on, amen. And I will baptize you with water. But this one after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on, amen. That's the God we're serving today. Now, in the natural sense, we, we know it's not, not, it's not smart to keep the lights off. But, but my wife, she takes this to the extreme. She loves it when I pick on her from the pulpit. She says she don't, but truly she does. She loves to be mentioned. But my wife, she, she takes it to the extreme. It, when I was a boy, you leave the room, you turn off the light. Come on, amen. It was the 70s, amen. There was a, there was a process. I don't know what. We couldn't even put up our Christmas lights. Nixon was in order. Come on, amen. Turn off your lights. Everybody was turning off lights. But Kristen, she has, she loves lights. Amen. She will turn on a light in every room. And so candles lit, lights lit. And I'm always in the process of turning off lights. And she's right behind me, turning them on. But at nighttime, I'm trying to get ready to go to bed. I'm getting tired. But by the time I get through turning off all the lights, I'm wide awake. It's a process of 10 or 15 minutes of going through, clicking, turning, pushing, pulling. Amen. And blowing. <laughs> Come on, amen. And so, I mean, you're trying to wind down, but the lights are all on. And so, if you ever want to see a good picture of the city on the hill with the lights, just drive by my house at nighttime. I'm sure we're just glowing up there. But let me just say this. We, we may laugh in the natural sense, but if we could get that same aspect this morning in the spiritual realm. If you and I could go through our house, look, to, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are the house of the living God. If we could get that, that same mindset of turning on our lights in our house, I mean, I'm talking about the light room of my eyeballs. Turn on them lights. I want to look at the good things of this world. Turn on the lights of my mind. I want to think about the good things of this world, not the bad. Get on that light. And turn on the lights of my ears and begin to try to listen to the good things of this world. And especially I need to turn on the light of my mouth. My eyes are trying to see what's right and do right and all this, but my mouth wants to say the wrong things. And and so I just need to turn on the light of my mouth. And so if, if I could get all my lights turned on, and expose my own darkness, then the people around me will begin to see the fruit of the light in my life, the, 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 the righteousness, the, gut, the goodness, and the truth of God's word coming out of me. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang with me. Now, every year around Thanksgiving, actually before Thanksgiving, Maybe two weeks before Thanksgiving, Kristen has Iron Man in the attic. And I'm in the attic digging out Christmas decorations. I'm thinking, we haven't, we just passed Halloween. I'm in the attic. And I'm thinking, wow, why do we need so many decorations? We got four boxes of plastic, big boxes. And she has me up there, but, but, but the reason I bring it up is because every time I'm up in the attic and I turn on the light, I can't help but notice all the boxes that I have stored up in there. Are y'all with me? I mean, I got big boxes, little boxes, boxes everywhere. But the deal is, I don't have a clue what's in them boxes. I never think about those boxes. I don't consider those boxes, but nevertheless, I keep them boxes in my attic. But, but here's where my curiosity gets me. Every time she gets me up there for the Christmas decorations, I got to know what's in one of those boxes. So the first thing I do is I grab the box and I drag it to the light and I begin to look inside. This time I found pictures of me in martial arts. I was a handsome boy. I even had a little hair up at that time. But I was thinking, why is it that you and I keep so much stuff 
in our attic. Things we don't need, things we don't want, things we don't even consider, but we got to keep them. Are y'all with me? Now, I know we got some pictures we need to hang on to, family pictures from way back. But most of that stuff we don't need, chicken incubators and whatever else we got up there. Come on, amen. <laughs> Drum says, I don't know what you have in your attics. But, but I, I want you to think about your neighbor today because many people in the church today have the same problem spiritually. Storing and keeping a bunch of junk in our attics. I'm talking about the mind today. I'm talking about storing up things up between your ears, things you don't need, things that happened a long time ago, you just keep and hanging on to it. Now, I know I'm not alone today, but, 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 but years ago, as a young man, way before I saved, I saw certain things, I did certain things, and those images stored up in my mind from, from way back was still in there. Y'all with me? If you were ever a young boy and someone showed you a Playboy magazine, those pictures would would impress into your mind deeply. And no matter where you were, they would always come back and haunt you. You couldn't get away from them. So I had done many things as, as an early rock musician, and I wished I never did them, but the images were always coming back at me. Horrible things. Violence. Immorality and all these ungodly things were stored up in my mind. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to be a man of God, I need to turn the light on my attic. And I need to get off in there and I need to do a little house cleaning. And so I learned that there's a process that I had to go through to get rid of those thoughts. And now I know that I had some thoughts, but I can tell you right now, honestly, I cannot remember them to save my life. So I know it works. And, and the process begins where Paul says, do not conform to the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll know God's will, his good, his perfect and pleasing will. And so I had to get myself in the word of God and transform my mind turning the light of God's word on my mind to see it and sending forth the word over my mind to wash it. Zechariah 13 and 1, it says, On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David David, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sins and impurities. Talk about Jesus right here. David said in Psalms 51, 1 and 2, He said, this is after he had committed an act with Bathsheba. He couldn't get away from it. It was haunting him. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me of all my sins. See, the word of God has has the power To not only show you where you've been wrong, but it also has the power to cleanse you through the washing of the word, through the blood of the lamb. Can I get an amen? And I don't know about you, I I want my mind, my throat, I want my attic cleaned out. Because I feel like I'm walking around with all this weight upon me. And I'm hoping that my weight won't come through the ceiling upon me. Are you with me this morning? And so we have many things, and I, I see some unforgiveness over here. Come on, amen. Some, some, I, I need a, there, there's people that I'm, I'm letting them hold me down. And what I need to do is just say, you know, I forgive them. I need to let them go because I'm, I'm holding myself down. And I see over here that there's certain things I, I, I'm dealing with gossip. I'm dealing with this. I need to clean all this out. I need to purify my thought process. I need to think about things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Not on earthly things. 
Paul said, finally, my brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Are you with me this morning? I know I'm nowhere close to my nose, but we're having fun today. Hallelujah. But the good thing about the Word of God, He does teach us that we do need to store up a few things in our minds. And we begin in Proverbs 7 and 1. If you're going to store up anything in your attic, here's the perfect thing right here. God said, my son, keep my words stored up and my commandments within you. Psalms 119.11, David said, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Jesus says, Matthew 6.19-21, through 21, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. Where moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And since we struggle with the process of storing up things... Just think about for a moment, how much do you think the world today around us who are not saved? Can you imagine how much junk they're walking around with in their, in their attics? You got a few boxes you still need to get, away, get rid of. But, but the world who are still lost, they're, they're, they're like these hoarders. Come on, amen. And they're just storing up anger, jealousy. Fits of rage. All of these things are stored up in their mind and they're walking around with the attitude of, of being mad at everybody. And the reason is because they have all this stored up in their minds. But our text is teaching us something here. We need to learn from God today. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. He said, everything exposed by the light becomes visible for it is the light that makes everything visible. Now, here's the problem. We live in such a generation that the moment that you begin to tell someone about their sin is the moment they tell you, do not judge me. Why are you judging me? Are you holier than thou? And so I'm thinking, you know, biblically they're right. We have, we have no business judging our neighbor. Jesus tells us, in fact, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1 and 2, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and the measure you use will be measured unto you. I'm guilty. Are you guilty, David? Romans 2 and 1. You therefore have no excuse. You pass judgment on someone else. For whatever point you judge the other, you condemn in yourself. For you pass judgment, do the same thing. Woo. Look out. And so I'm thinking to myself, listen, I got to be the light of the world. But I can't do this by judging. So there has to be a spiritual principle in the word of God that teaches us how to help them out of the darkness into the light without pointing fingers. Come on, amen. There has to be a way, and exactly that's what our text is teaching us today. Let's go back to my attic now. First I grab the string. Come on, climb up. Come on, and what do you do? The first thing you do when you get into that dark attic is you're Reaching for the string. I know it's here. Come on. You can't see nothing but the light coming up. Amen. So so the process of, of exposing the darkness is first turning on the light. Are you with me? In other words, we've got to access some power. We've got to turn on some power in our lives. In other words, this light will not turn on unless I activate the power. I'm going somewhere. Don't look at me, Mom. You're making me nervous. 
I do something wrong, mama going to whoop me. She said, go get, your, go get your stick off the tree. Go get your switch. I told you I was raised the American way with stars and stripes. <laughs> but we go up there and we turn on the light switch and we have to activate the power because we know that once the power is turned on, then the light will do all the work for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need to let the light do the work. <laughs> Woo! Because we know, first of all, the Bible says in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witness to Jerusalem and Jumeirah and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, Paul said this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. See, we don't have to talk to them. We just have to be the light. Secondly, let's look at the job of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our power. What is the job of the Holy Spirit? His job is not your job. His job is to bring conviction upon this world. Are you with me? John 16, verse 7 through 9. Do y'all like this? But verily, truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness in regard to sin. Because men do not believe in me. And when Jesus says, you are the lie of the world... We need to continue with the text and see what he says next because what he says next is the key to our sermon today. Matthew five fifteen through 16, he said, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, the closer that you and I walk in the Word of God and in the Holy Spirit, the brighter our lives become around others. I'll be going to my friend's funeral this week, and I know some of those outlaws need to see some light. They don't need to hear no sermon. They need to see some love. Are you with me this morning? And so the brighter we become, it brings something into those who are in darkness. There's a word that we don't hear much about. It's called conviction. Let me just ask you this. Have you ever been around certain Christians that live certain ways that brings conviction in your life? Yeah, they're not saying nothing to you. You're just observing. And by watching them, you're like, ooh, I need to work on this. Come on, amen. I need to need to work on it. And see, that's the same principle because what is happening is that the Holy Spirit is, is revealing himself through them as a light. And you're just like that dirty box in the corner. Come on, amen, being exposed. So the more, the brighter we are, the more exposure they have. Some of us have family members that we wish we could get them out of darkness. Just keep walking in light. Am I talking to anybody this morning? I had a friend years ago, she really wasn't a friend, but she was a co-worker of another company, and she was dealing with something called homosexuality. My friend's like, man, you need to preach that girl, she's living with another woman. I'm like, well, that's her business, but I'm just going to keep walking with Jesus. But little did I know that this woman was watching me. She came in my office one day in Garden Road. Her name was Donna. And Donna said, I've, I've been watching you. I said, well, I'm a married man. She said, I've not been watching you that way. I said, well, what are you talking about? She says, I have seen that you have shown extraordinary kindness to those who have messed up. You have been very gracious and love, 
loving to those who should have heard the rap, but you were so kind the way that you handled business. And I kind of was blushing. I'm like, hallelujah. And so she was asking me about the word of God. She began to tell me about her lifestyle. I didn't say a word, just listening. Back in April of 2002, that girl got radically saved. And it wasn't as much as what I said. It was how much I lived, the light. Isn't that amazing how your life can make such an impact on somebody? Come on, amen. Just keep walking the light. Jesus said in the same way, let your shine, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen to this verse. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5. This is going to shock you. Paul said, but our gospel came to you not with simple, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen, people are being convicted by the way we live. Hallelujah. And, and so, so we're always looking for those great revelations in the word of God, but sometimes the revelations are just simple. If we'll just spend the time in reading, reading it and looking at it, God will reveal it to us. Our text says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Now listen to Jesus. He's telling us there's no excuse. John 12 and 46. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus is like, man, I, I came and lit your whole life up. You were in complete darkness. I've came in and given you life, eternal life. I've given you all that you ever can need. Why are you still trying to turn off the lights? Lying, lusting, come on, coveting. All, and every time we're, we're doing that, we're simply turning off lights in our walk. See, when we're sinning, practicing sin, we're not being a witness because we're, we're looking just like the darkness we're in. Darkness cannot save darkness. Because when you walk in the same realm of darkness, there's no power to deliver nobody. You become the power, you become the light source when you walk in obedience to the word of God. It's the truth that will set you. Paul, we know, was at one time a very religious man. But walking in darkness, killing Christians, dragging them away into prison, putting some to death for the way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Putting them to death. And so God came down and spoke to Paul. And I want you to listen to what Jesus said to him. He said, I will rescue from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified, sanctified by faith in me. Listen to the words of Isaiah the prophet. Now, I found this this week. I've read it before, but never seen it until this week. Isaiah says in 60... Verse 1 through 3, he says, arise, shine. Everybody says, arise. Let's just say, get up and shine. Woo. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the people, but... The Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isn't that something? That is a powerful verse right there. I should just preach on it. But verse 14 said, for it is the light that makes everything visible. He said, that is why it said, wake up, O sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I was thinking about if, if you and I would... Going to a hospital today, full of sick people, but some reason the electricity's out and it's full of darkness and we're walking around. We were trying to be as quiet as we could because we don't want to disturb nobody. Come on, amen. Are you with me this morning? 
And, and the truth is, we're living in this big hospital called the world filled with sick people. But you know what? If you're laying there at bed at night and you're sound asleep at 2 o'clock in the morning and your kid walks in and mama, daddy, and they hit that light switch, it's like, man, it's like a sword going through you. And that is basically how you and I are called to live such a life. We don't have to say nothing. We walk in and, and the glory of God is shining all around us. When Moses came off the mountain spending time with God, they... He knew something was going on because everybody's going, ooh, Moses, Moses, put a veil over your head. Because when you spend time with God, comes out of you. I can walk in Walmart and people be looking at me. I'm like, why are they looking at me? I know I'm ugly. (laughs) Come on, amen. But, But it's not that. They're noticing something about me that they're not used to being around. Especially I walk out of here after preaching. Head be hotter than fish grief, man. The anointing is on me. But you and I can have the same anointing every day. If we just spend time with God, wake up with him, go to bed with him, get out of bed and spend time with God, and all of a sudden the anointing begins to flow on your life. 2 Corinthians 3.13, it says, We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. Exodus 34 and 35, they saw his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Let's get back in the hospital. How many of y'all have had surgery? You know, the last thing you see after surgery or before surgery is that big, what, that big light. They got you laying down and you're looking up and they're coming over with a mask and you see the lights and they just, they're gone. You're, you're already asleep. But there's a purpose for the light. The, the purpose is, is that the surgeon needs all the light to see the sickness. He can't do his work in the darkness. God can't do his work. You got to have light because he's the great physician. And so the last thing we see is the light. And the physician turns on the great light. He gets up under and he, he sees the problem and he begins to simply remove that in order for that person to be healthy. Oh, no, I got to help you out. You're not really seeing what I'm saying. Let's go. Let's take it another distance. Let's go somewhere else. Help me, Holy Spirit. God is saying, you guys are like an x-ray machine. An x-ray machine does not fix the problem, but it finds the problem. In other words, it'll show you what's wrong with you. You and I are like the x-ray machine. Our light is so bright that people around us begin to see the, the break, the brokenness in their life that needs to be repaired. But see, we can't fix it, but we know one who can. <laughs> yes, we, we have access to the doctor. And so we, our life is like the x-ray machine, and so they're around us, and all of a sudden they begin to see th- th- their little problems. Oh, maybe I should change this and that. Because there's something about Sam, there's something about, come on, Leland, there's something about David, there's something about, come on, there's something about Sharon, there's something about Tristan, there's something about them that, that, that makes me convicted. Now understand the Bible says in Christ there is no condemn. See, we, we want to point fingers and we want to condemn them and judge them. But that's not our job because in Christ there is no. Ooh. Are y'all learning something this morning? We have to realize that it's not what comes out of our mouth. <laughs> Ooh, that makes the biggest difference. It's what our lifestyle is reflecting. But if you can get your mouth in line with your actions and your actions line up with the word of God, You'll be a force. You'll be like Luke Skywalker. Amen. Darth Vader ain't got a chance. 
But here's where I want to conclude. John 3, 19 through 21. Jesus said, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does what is evil will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done have been done in the sight of God. Most people cannot stand what we stand for. You can't make them come to church. They won't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Ooh, if I come in church, all the preachers be pointing at me. I've heard it a million times. I was afraid the roof is going to cave in on me. And so we have to take the light out of this room. Can't just keep it here in church. We, we can't just be holy on Sunday. We got to walk out here with what we have learned because we're walking into this dark world. It looks bright out there, but I can promise you the moment that we're stepping out, It's completely dark out there. And the world doesn't need another sermon. What they really need is some people to actually live out what the Word of God is teaching us. The Word says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be, oh, yes, y'all preaching. Be doers of the Word. Let's all stand today. About two minutes over. I'm sorry about that. You and I, little flame. But but I've seen that illustration in churches like on Christmas and stuff. They'll take one light and they'll begin to light from one chair to another. And by the time they're finished, the whole auditorium is full of lights. It's that simple principle of lighting someone. The power is with us. The grace is with us. The Bible said that God has given us all grace. All grace. We we have the power. We have access to his word. We have everything we need, but all we have to do is walk out with it and just be ready to walk out as a light. And when sin comes I'm trying to get back into your attic. Close the back door. Don't go take it. Don't stack it up in there and keep it. It's not going to help you. We need to clean out those things in our life. Let's get our minds purified. Let's get our hearts purified. Let's get ourselves in, in the will of God. Because the cleaner we get the attics, the more room for the Holy Spirit to come in. But did y'all get that? The more we take out, the more he can put in. Did y'all get that? The more we empty, the more he can fill. He wants to fill us with his light. Diamond J was talking to me on the way to, to rehearsal last night. He's like, man, I, I like being around you. You always make me feel good. He said, the word just comes out of you. I said, that's what the Bible's talking about when he's talking about flowing like living water. See, I don't ever really know what I'm going to say when I say what I say, but it just comes out of me because I have stored so much in me that it just flows out of me naturally. And so should the light of God. It should just, everywhere you go. I I mean, Miss Dola has been a light for generations. As long as I've known her, she's been a light to me. As a little boy, I could look at her and see the glory of God on her life. And my mama. I was around certain peoples in my life that that just made me feel like, you know, when you're around those people, it's like being around God. And that's the type of person I want to be. I want people to be around me saying, you know, he's kind of unique and weird in a way, but, but something about him that's different. Let's all stand. I know. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to speak over certain situations. I see a storm. 
I saw a young lady standing by faith, even though it was painful to do so. Father, I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the love of God would just burn through this body right now. The devil is a liar. He has no power or authority over your life. I speak the health and the blessings of God over your life from the top of your head down, your spinal cord, down into your hips, down into your legs and knees, into your ankles and feet, to down to your toes. I speak God's blessings and health over your life. Let the light of God just burn through you today and set you free from the affliction of the enemy. Just say this with me. By his stripes, I am healed. The word of God said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and life over all your people today. We came here for a purpose, and that was to get our light lit. Don't let us walk in darkness. Let us say no to darkness, but yes to your word. If you want to be saved today, you've never given your life to Christ. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you want to rededicate your life today, it would be a great day to do that. If you need prayer for any reason, it doesn't matter what it is, simple or impossible, God can do them all. Lord, just go with your people today and bless them from the north, south, east, and west. We praise you now in Jesus' name. God's people say.